Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week, for Sabbath October 10th, we look at the family. Let's explore together how God is educating the family to then educate one another. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word, and together we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. Okay, the family. Uh, this week's memory text comes from uh, Proverbs chapter 1, verse 8, from the New King James Version. It says, My son, hear the instruction of your father, and do not forsake the law of your mother. This is for October. Uh, this is for October 10th, and I can't wait to dig into this one because, speaking of education, especially there with this text, what what better thing to to focus in on and highlight than the family? Yeah, I mean, right on, Buster. I mean, here at the very beginning, we're looking at the Garden of Eden last week, and as we're continuing the series, all the way back to that first family. You know, Adam and Eve is. Uh, education at its most basic level is relational. Yeah, absolutely is. And not only do you see that it's relational, but it's it's teachable, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Dan Cerns, the evangelism coordinator of the Texas Conference, mm-hmm. he recently sent us a new study that is out mm. on how to build up our families. And I'm very excited because it's pretty soon going to be spread out here all across North American Division and hopefully soon the world. Yeah, I like that. I can't wait to see that. And, uh, you know, a big part of education is, you know, I think some people think that education is somehow the procurement of knowledge. And at some level, I suppose it is having a certain amount of knowledge. But but really knowledge, um, I mean, it, it doesn't do much for you unless there's some way to actually share it. And I always have noticed that when I teach, I learn more. I learn better. And so what safer way to do that with people around you that you love and trust to be able to mm. learn and to grow as part of that nucleus. So if I hear you correctly, where there is no relationship, there can't really be true education. I think so. Oh, okay. I, I okay. think we're on to something here, Buster. We've got to coin this, right? Right. All right, yeah. so, so tell us a little bit about our first family. Well, I, again, back to the very beginning. Uh, Adam and Eve... Uh, and these texts are all texts that are kind of uh, referring to this. There's several Ellen White quotes that are, again, highlighting this relational kind of education that goes right back uh, to the Garden of Eden. And and it's also um, somewhat Trinitarian. You know, we've talked about that it's in true. one of our previous uh, quarterlies uh, about the idea of the Trinity, uh, because there's Adam and Eve, and then there's God. Yeah, yeah and... We see that kind of with the family, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you see that you have a mother and father, but eventually kids come into play, right? Absolutely. And, and the Godhead shows us that in relationships, it's not just two, that even though there's three, God is still love. There's no jealousy there. There's there's the three co-eternal persons that are getting along, but also they're just they're 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 supporting each other. So maybe I wonder if I'm hearing you right, Buster, this sort of first family um, is kind of modeling that Trinitarian model in heaven for us of what education and what all of our understanding of reality is about. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I love the, the fact that you're bringing that out, Michael. Well, um, I guess the, the next kind of thing is uh, it's looking at Jesus and his childhood and education. Um, talk to us about that, Buster. Yeah, so uh, as I was looking at these earlier, the childhood of Jesus and it asks specifically, it says, 
uh, it says, what do these texts teach us about Mary and Joseph and how they might uh, give us insight into how Jesus uh, was educated by his parents? And so Luke 1, 26, I thought eventually uh, or, or immediately they were going to go to Luke 2, right? But, but here it's talking about how Mary and Joseph, they were faithful Jewish mm, people. Yeah. They loved God and they wanted to serve him. Uh, uh, we even see here uh, in Luke 1, uh, 46, we see that we have Mary's song that, that's, uh, that is there. And we see all these wonderful insights and aspects of them. Matter of fact, I'm going to go here to, to Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. And now, especially here towards, towards the end, uh, this is the, uh, after the angel has spoken to her, it says here, uh, it says here, verse 123, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from his sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took, and, and took to him his wife and did not know her until she brought forth her firstborn son. And so he called his name Jesus, right? Mm. So you see these faithful people who listened to what God had told them to do, and they saw, said, God, we will, we will follow you. We'll serve you. Yeah, what a what a beautiful reminder of Jesus. I've I've wondered sometimes, you know, what it would have been like to see Jesus growing up, you know? Yeah, you, you know, we, we talked about this in uh in life and teachings class and said, yeah. how do you how do you think his siblings felt, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesus never gets in trouble, right? <laughs> yeah, it'd be a little bit awkward, right? <laughs> and at the same time, you know, it says that he had the uh, he sympathized with how we felt, right? Mm. I felt ostracized for being good. He yeah. probably felt ostracized for being different, and they knew it, and he knew it, and yet it still did not deter him from following after his father's will. And we know that some of Jesus' siblings uh, became his followers, his disciples later. So yes. whatever and however that transpired, uh, it must have been relational to the point where they could see uh, that this was something extraordinary. Uh, and, and that goes along with education. Mm. You know, sometimes we feel like we're not getting through, mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean we don't stop educating. It means that we continue through because mm -hmm. later on, it might, they might grasp it. They might catch it. Yeah, and it seems to me that sometimes family can be the hardest to reach out to, right? So, uh, ouch. <laughs> <laughs> but Jesus had a winsome way in, in how he reached to his own family. Yeah, so, yeah, every, no one is no one is unreachable. He tried his best to reach out to everyone, including his family. Mm, mm. So it brings us a little bit towards communication. Speaking about family and reaching <laughs> out, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, so communication is a big part of education. And, and this is kind of highlighting this, um, Ellen White's classic book. By the way, as we're going through the topic of education, you'll notice throughout the quarterly, lots of references to Ellen White's classic book on education. Yes, and yes. this is her, uh, the culmination of her early prophetic guidance to the church. And one of her passions was education, holistic education of body, mind, and soul, all three of those things. And a big part of that is uh, in order to really grow and develop in, in sort of this maturing process that Ellen White describes that as we grow closer to God, we also grow closer to one another, that we should better understand who we are ourselves Amen. and those around us. And I, I hope, you know, that it should somehow give us a little bit of a sense of humility because um, frankly, that just the more that we, the more that we learn, the more that we discover that about ourselves, and uh, that we need to keep growing. And and part of that humility, part of that communication, 
is sometimes we need people to, we, we have one perception of ourselves and other people may see us very differently. Yeah. And the story that I remember, I was a freshman in college and, you know, I was, I was a, a okay student, but I, I remember a professor that I had who, um, he's being too modest. He's a great student. <laughs> no, no, I, not, not at this point I wasn't. Okay, and this okay. was, uh, this was a, a true educator cause he saw me and he said, you know, came to me after class. He said, Michael, I know you can do better. I want to push you to try harder that you can be, you can be excellent, you know, and to really strive to do more. And, and I appreciate that because there's a certain amount of honesty that said, Hey, I see your potential, but you're not reaching your potential. Mm. And that's the kind of communication, kind of crucial conversation. Sometimes we all need to hear. Uh, it's not always easy to hear. Uh, but we need to hear and education really it's not just patting ourselves on the back look how great I am it's it's challenging each other to grow yes 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 and Ellen White's casting a vision I think in my understanding if I if I understand what she's talking about with the whole philosophy of, of education is we need to do that spiritually physically and mentally all three of those areas where we can be challenged to grow uh, in our lives and yeah. that takes place through communication yeah no, and, and I, I love the fact you said that uh, we're going through a book right now winning with people with uh, John Maxwell and there's an elevator Ooh. principle there mm-hmm. and uh, in that section he talks about we can be either uh, adders subtractors or we can be dividers or multipliers mm. you know adding to you is me hyping you up saying Michael good job yeah. but a multiplier is going to share with you how you can even become even better which yeah. is what that educator did yeah. and everyone should be striving to lift people up yeah. by multiplying the traits that they have by by really walking with choosing someone to walk with and, mm. and, and helping them yeah and you know uh, the text I want to read from the, the list of verses there is from Proverbs 1031 from the mouth of the righteous comes the fruit of wisdom mm. but a perverse tongue will be silent so um, at the end of the day, um, if our words are true and righteous, right doing, you know, um, God's going to bless those. There's going to be fruit. There's going to be um, different kinds of fruit there. And eventually, um, all the foolishness, everything else is going to come to naught. <laughs> you know, I, I don't think it'd get any clearer than that, right? Yeah. Uh, hopefully, we don't have a perverse tongue, right? <laughs> have mercy, right? Oh, yeah. So uh, what role do parents play through all of this, Buster? You know, this is a, this, uh, a great cluster of texts that are here. Uh, I know it starts off there with fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and um, uh, admonition of the Lord. Uh, who can find a virtuous wife for her worth is far more than rubies. But then I want to add to this, 2 Corinthians 6.14. 2 Corinthians uh, 6.14. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness and what communion has light with darkness? And, and the last one, I'm going to tie everything here to, together. Romans 13, 13 uh, and uh, verse 14. Let us walk properly as in the day and not in revelry or drunkenness, not in lewdness or in lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. Here, if, if we can say anything else, parents were called to live virtuous lives full of integrity actually following after god and if you struggle admit that you're struggling right uh don't put on a facade because you might be fooling everyone outside of the home but inside of the home actually put on jesus christ not not as in trying to fool him right mm-hmm. <laughs> but actually clothe yourself with the characteristics of jesus christ 
so that our children can see them. And yeah. it's also important, uh, they were talking about unequally yoked. You can both be Adventists and unequally yoked. Mercy. Right? What, are you, what are you talking about hey, there, Buster? Hey, well, <laughs> well, part of this is, it's our love and devotion towards Christ. Mm. We see nominal Adventists, yeah. and you see those who are actually devoted Adventists. Yeah. And so it's here, saying here, if you're going to raise children with someone, right, mm. be devoted. Uh, find someone else who's devoted. Yeah. Uh, and if, if you're married to someone who's not devoted, right, uh, we see here the Apostle Paul talks about it. You can still win them over. Yeah. But as much as possible, try to be on the same page together, living a virtuous and uh, life full of integrity towards Jesus Christ. It sounds like if I'm hearing you right, Buster, that the choices that we make have really important consequences, especially when it comes down to our selection of of who we marry, Ooh. the relationships, Ooh. all of that. If I'm hearing you right, it has far-reaching ramifications. Um, and... and all the way down to how we learn and how we relate and communicate to other people, kind of, I guess, continuing themes throughout the lesson this week. You know, if there's a lesson that Paul has taught me that mm. I don't always like to hear, it's do as I say and do as I do. All right. All <laughs> right? right. And sometimes yeah. we like to, to, especially in the church, yeah. we like to tell our kids, do as I say, not necessarily as I do. Yeah. And that, that can be damaging in more ways than one. Yeah. So a lot of people have walked out of our churches saying, you hypocrites, right? Yeah. Well, that's humanity, right? Uh, right. And the biggest right. thing is don't try to hide it. Yeah. Let them know we're struggling and do our very best in walking yeah. with people in relationships. You know, I have a good friend of mine, uh, Martin Weber. He did his, uh, I think he did two doctorates, but he did a D-men um, at one point where he looked at retention of pastors kids and yes earlier we we're talking about that because i think we both have several yeah. uh, pks in our uh, different classes here at we southwestern and uh he wanted to find out why some stay and why do others leave and basically he found some very interesting things um uh and, and even a few things i found a little disturbing like <laughs> <laughs> parents pastors families that that watch with their kids r-rated movies are more likely to stay than not. Well, is it the fact that they watched R-rated movies? Um, and, and that's where if you kind of unpack, and as I talked with him, and no, no, it's not about that. But when you deal with the realities of life and challenges and stuff, um, how are you gonna handle that? Are you gonna handle it by communicating with your kids and talking them through that and, and having a relational aspect? Yeah. Or are you gonna just um, kind of hide it and then criticize or whatever and then they want to do it behind your back, away from you, and then um, there's not that communication process that's there. So it'd be it's actually better uh, to have that relationship, that education, that character development in relationship where there's communication together. And parents, pastors, and pastoral families that took that risk okay. by doing that a little bit more, um, that was actually a strong indicator of those who stayed versus those who left. Now. Um, pastors' families that don't start watching R-rated movies. I'm not saying that, but <laughs> but but look at the principle behind that of being relational um, and the role that parents play in the salvation and development of a a, a personal walk, a spiritual walk for your children. You know, there's a, a, a George Barna, who's mm -hmm. probably one of the uh, most renounced right? statisticians. Mm -hmm. He wrote this book I read a few a few years few years back called Revolutionary Parenting. Ooh. And there he has this term that I hadn't heard coined yet, mm -hmm. but but it's basically moralizing media. Ooh. And so watching media with our children and yeah. and actually talking with them, what what biblical principles are they going against? What biblical principles are are they for here? Yeah. And actually. 
uh, helping our children to actually utilize critical thinking and what they're taking in yeah. and what they will apply as principles to their own lives. Yeah. You know, um, we're recording this right after the presidential debate, the first of the presidential debates. Careful, Michael. <laughs> and I'm not trying to make a political statement, but my, my kids watched the first few minutes before they had to go to bed, and they made an interesting comment to, to my wife and myself that, um, you know, they really didn't learn how to be nice and get along. <laughs> <laughs> Out of the mouth of babes, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I just thought, you know, from a, percept, uh, a perception of, of two young children, you know, and so, you know, there's something I hope, and I'm glad I wasn't trying to necessarily wanting them to watch that or anything, but yeah. it gave us a chance as a family to kind of process that. Well, how do we deal with people that we disagree with? Yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was a teachable moment. Yeah. You know, I, I, I like, like that you brought that up, Michael, because it just reminds us, you know, I, I think of back times in my life where I didn't respond in ways mm. that I shouldn't have. Right. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I Last night I was taking my son back from soccer practice and here's a car that cut us off. Oh mercy! And uh, well, no, well before he cut us off, he, <laughs> the 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 green light was almost over, and I honked my horn, and he finally went. And then to get back at me, he cut me off intentionally. Right? Wow! He was upset that yeah. I'm like, but we almost missed the light, right? We, but you know what? I said, uh, you know what, Neil? Let's let's pray for him right now. We had a little prayer, hmm. and God just really gave me humility in that moment. But the first time I honked my horn, it was in anger, right? Like, hurry up, this life. But then God humbled me in this moment, like, yeah. you know, my our lives are not worth it, mm, right? Uh, right. God help us in this moment. Mm -hmm. Teachable moments. Yes, 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 indeed. Wow. Well, I guess uh, moving right along to Thursday with uh, Lest Ye Forget, uh, and there's this reference to this incredible, incredible chapter in Deuteronomy chapter 6. So we're kind of anchoring this in the home and the family. And here's this uh, beautiful uh, reminder uh, to the children of Israel by Moses. But um, this is a sort of a, I guess you might say, a sermon here yes. um, to kind of pay attention and to listen to what's going on. And I, I, I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but I encourage those that are listening sometime this week to take the time to thoughtfully read through and meditate on this chapter and pray about it between you and God. Uh, but I think there's a couple of key points. And first is is to look at how God has led in the past. And, and I'm kind of glad I got to do this one this week, uh, Buster. A <laughs> uh, little bit of, of uh, church history, you might say. Yes. Um, looking at God's divine leading in the history of the children of Israel. And then there's this warning to to remember. And here's all the things that have happened to you. Slavery in Egypt and all these different um, and it says God is a jealous God, um, and and it's not so much God is saying, "Hey, I'm I'm here to be angry and beat up on you." God, God says, "I want your attention." Yes, He does. Um, he, he He just does. Yeah, and uh, and then sort of this warning: Hey, do the right thing, and what's good in the Lord's sight, and all will go well with you. God wants to bless us, just like any loving parent that cares about their children. You want to. You want to give good things and bless your children, have your children have good experiences. And how much more do we have a loving Father in Heaven that wants that for us as well? Um, and I think the point of Deuteronomy chapter 6 is watch how God has led in the past and remember what God has done so that we can be encouraged in the present. And so education takes place in community, um, first in families. 
but then in spiritual community. And for that, that's the children of Israel. Today, I would probably say that's like our church family, right? I, I agree. Agreed. It is like a church family. Yeah. So um, those are where education takes place. And um, so whether it's our physical, tangible family or our spiritual family, whoever that might be, um, that these are people that God's placed in our lives that that we're to learn from. Yeah. And, and you know, here you see the law that is uh, is the basis of this education that's in this chapter. Mm-hmm. And we see here, and I have to go to the uh, uh, eschatology of this, which is correlating with Revelation 14, those who receive the mark of the beast, right? Mm, and yeah. the four heads in their hands. Here we see the direct correlation in 6, 8. Mm-hmm. So bind them, uh, talking about the, the commandments, as a sign between your hand, uh, as a sign, uh, uh, bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be frontless between your eyes. Yeah. You see here the seal of God, right? Wow. And so we have yeah. a chance to really dedicate our children, our families to God by making sure that they're doing the will of God, but also embedded in their minds is the will of God. Yeah. And, you know, they, they can choose what they're going to do with it after that. Yeah. But it's up to us to show them that original path. So it sounds to me like the the family, the nucleus family that we're talking about, that was really the foundation of spirituality for the children of Israel. Yes, yes, it was. Well, I think we kind of hit all the highlights here. So, um, you know, read Deuteronomy chapter 6. And uh, I just want to encourage those of you that are listening and your families, look to those around you, those relationships. Um, Have those, take, you know, as the Holy Spirit impresses Look for those opportunities to communicate and to challenge one another. As uh, scripture says, it's iron sharpens iron, you know, that we have the privilege and opportunity to help one another grow in our walk with God. And you know, I'd like to add this, Michael. As parents, I know oftentimes we're tasked with teaching, but Mm -hmm. also we can learn from our children as well. Wow. Uh, Just seeing their childlike faith that comes out. Uh, Sometimes our children are the ones that says, can we pray about that or can we pray for this person? Mm -hmm. Mm, and it reminds me, it. stop being so busy and listen to our kids as well. Learn from them, right? And so uh, education goes both ways. Love it. And and by the way, that goes here at Southwestern. I learned so much from my oh, students oh, too. I t- Have I mercy, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's a wrap for this week. So this is Soup. And Swoops. Signing out. out. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personal colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahu.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.